there's a column for that A1, A2, B5, B6, A, B9. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We know those are cells. Hello. Welcome to our 19th episode of There's a Column for That. I'm your host, author, storyteller, and podcaster, Jamie Beth Cohen. Today, I'm talking to Lauren Schuler, and as you may be able to tell from all the giggling I do in this conversation, I really enjoyed it. I've known Lauren since I was 12, and she was one day old. I babysat for her and her sister, and she attended my high school graduation party. Although we haven't lived in the same place for many, many years, I have many, many fond memories of time spent with Lauren and her family. And while I'd love to say I knew she would grow up to be an amazing adult, I could have never predicted just how amazing. Just this week, Lauren was appointed to the Norman, Oklahoma City Council, and that's on top of all of the advocacy work she does for young voters and young women on her campus. It's been really exciting to see her go from being a little girl to a force to be reckoned with. To hear her talk about civic engagement and voting as a calling is really inspirational, and to hear her acknowledge that registering to vote isn't as easy as celebrities would like you to believe it is, is really refreshing. As our first season comes to an end, the last episode before our summer break will air on June 30th. I'm getting a bit nostalgic about all of these conversations. Taping these interviews has been a great way to connect and reconnect with people in my life during the pandemic, and I'm so glad you've all followed along with me. My chat with Lauren was recorded on May 4th, and we're releasing it on May 15th. Please remember to wear your mask, Black Lives Still Matter, Joe Biden is the rightfully elected president of the United States, and remember, spreadsheets save lives. Please follow us on Twitter at column underscore pod, and please be in touch. Hi, Lauren. Thanks so much for joining me on There's a Column for That. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? where you're from, where you live, how you identify, what line of work you're in. Do you have hobbies or passions that take up a lot of your brain space related to or unrelated to spreadsheets? And how do we know each other? Feel free to answer any and all of these. So a little bit about me. I am originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Woohoo! Yes. (laughs) But I currently live in uh, Norman, Oklahoma. So I know that that seems like a weird jump, but I work um, at the University of Oklahoma and I do uh, student programming around women's leadership and civic engagement. Um, And so honestly, that is kind of aligns with a lot of the hobbies and things that I'm interested in is really in the civic space um, and kind of staying um, on top of what is going on in politics and engaging young people specifically to feel like they have a place to navigate through um, figuring out how to register to vote for the first time or find um, how to you know, get an absentee ballot or, oh my goodness, I feel so overwhelmed what is on my ballot. How do I research candidates? Um, so feeling empowered to make Um, all of those decisions uh, in that space, Um, but then also once they feel educated to start using their voice and their power. Um, So I do that professionally and 
personally. So it's where my, my head is always. Um, and this is kind of a crazy week um, for all of that. <laughs> I feel like the end of the semester, and if you're in higher ed or if you're in education at all, the end of the spring just seems to kind of fly at you. Like, yeah. And how did you end up in Oklahoma to begin with? It's a little bit of a roundabout story. So I uh, rode at the University of Central Florida. I know we're not in Oklahoma yet. Um, so I was a student athlete at uh, the University of Central Florida and my head coach actually came out to Oklahoma and my sister when she was going to college was recruiting or was recruited at OU. Um, and when I was looking for graduate programs for my master's, um, I ended up here um, to pursue originally a master's in public administration, but switched and got it in adult and higher education, um, which is kind of like the lens of the student programming side, student affairs, things that I'm doing now. Um, so it's Rowing's fault, I guess I could say, that I went to Florida from Pennsylvania and now ended up in Oklahoma, which seems uh, kind of counter counterintuitive, but um, it's really the, the civic engagement space from my graduate assistantship that um, really kept me here. And um, higher ed is something that you and I share and is how we sort of know each other, but really tangentially. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so we know each other because our parents worked together. My mom worked for uh, Jamie's dad at uh, the uh, CCAC, uh, the Community College of Allegheny County, which my mom still works there actually. Um, so she was his, um, I guess we can say secretary, administrative assistant, whatever that. <laughs> Back then she was his secretary. secretary. For sure now she would be his administrative assistant or his boss. I mean, one or the other. <laughs> Probably. And then, you know, by via that relationship, um, Jamie actually babysat my sister and I. Um, so we kind of had. You were actually that. the first baby I ever visited in the hospital. So you were the first smallest baby I ever visited. Wow, that's crazy. It was also the first time I'd ever seen your mom wear glasses instead of contacts, which was also alarming to me. Um, so that's still alarming to me because my mom <laughs> still doesn't wear glasses unless she absolutely has to. Like if she's like sick, it's how I mm -hmm. know she's sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had, I mean, I had known her a while by that point. And I walked into the hospital room and thought I was in the wrong place. It was all very alarming. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've known you since the day after you were born. 33, almost 34 yeah. years. That is amazing. Um, so, Not to, to out you. No, that's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm old. Everyone knows I'm old. It's fine. <laughs> um, so given everything you are interested in and everything you are doing, how do you interact with spreadsheets in your work and or your life? Yeah, so <laughs> I use spreadsheets so much for work, mostly for things like organizing, um, man, there's so many like different kind of buckets that I can place all of this stuff into. So um, spreadsheets for students that are applying for programs that I'm doing. So, um, you know, applications that go from like a Qualtrics system or a form that then get um, populated into a spreadsheet, um, which is so much easier to sort through for interviews or for 
um, getting out information. I would say then um, a lot of the programs that I work with too um, are working on um, with fundraising and donors. And so um, use, utilizing spreadsheets for that form, things like mail merge and making sure that we're getting out uh, thank you letters and uh, mail merge through emails and uh, making my life easier through, through those ways. Um, we're also utilize, utilize spreadsheets for um, keeping track of, you know, how many students we've registered to vote. Um, and like, we've got a spreadsheet for, we've got lots of different organizations um, on campus that we partner with, student organizations and departments and faculty. And so trying to keep track of, um, you know, who did what event, where was it, how many in-state registrations did they get? How many out-of-state? Um, what date that was on? Who handed the forms in to me? What date did I mail them to the election boards? So, like trying to keep track and make sure that like we don't lose any of those really, really important documents. Um, kind of trying to keep a paper trail in the sense of like, if someone says, comes back and says, I registered to vote at X event, on this date, I haven't gotten my card back in the mail. Um, and so I can kind of look back and be like, okay, when was that? Who's responsible? Did those, act those, those forms actually get dropped off? Did they get put in the mail? Is it because something else happened? When That's you a big, big one. Out of state voters, do you register? Tell me, I'm forgetting, I've lived in Pennsylvania now for so long, I'm forgetting how that works. So if they're in school in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. do they vote in Oklahoma or is it where their permanent residence is? So students have a couple of options. Um, and so in Oklahoma, so they can register with, um, so if they come, to Oklahoma, if they're an out-of-state student, um, they can register with their local Norman address to vote in Oklahoma. Um, and they can do that with their residence hall addresses on campus. Um, those are applicable. Um, and so they have a decision to make if they want to do that because of ease of access or you know, they don't wanna deal with the absentee process or you know, <laughs> when we talk to students, it's like, hey, you're gonna be here for four years. The laws that you know, we pass here affect your everyday life, right? Um, you know, in so many different ways. Um, and so when we're talking to them about making that decision, um, but then students can also retain their status as a permanent resident in their home state. And so they can absolutely choose to stay registered or can, or register for the first time in the state that they're coming from. Um, and so it's really a personal choice, what the students want to do. And so we don't, we don't tell them like you should do this or you should do that. Okay. We just try to walk walk them through like what matters most to you. Is it ease of voting and access, or is it like I really care about issues in my hometown, right. so I want to stay registered there and have right. my voice heard um, in that location. So um, it's really up to them. Interesting. I think I I don't think I ever registered in Virginia. I think I stayed in Pen registered in Pennsylvania the whole time I was in college. That was the same for me. Yeah, I have no memory of voting in Virginia, so I'm I yeah. was registered at home. All right, what's the biggest or your favorite problem program or project you've tackled with a spreadsheet? And I will say, I think I know you had a spreadsheet when you recently <laughs> bought a house, which I'm very <laughs> curious about. But feel free to 
answer however makes sense for you. Yeah. So I feel like I had really high hopes for my house spreadsheet. And then that got the whole process got super overwhelming. And so I feel like I um, didn't really utilize that the to the best of my I feel spreadsheeting like abilities. Buying happened rather quickly. Am I remembering that wrong or? No, you remember that remembering that correctly. The market was just so crazy and like houses would just like go on the market. I'd schedule a showing and they'd go off the market before I could even see them. And so it became really challenging to even like document which ones I had seen and hadn't seen and which ones were like on the market. And not. so I was like, I give up. Right. I like, right. I, I, it's, this is too fast. This is too much. Um, so it kind of just came down to like feeling and some gut <laughs> decisions. And are you, ha- how long have you been in the, pl- the place? Uh, since the beginning of December. So okay. just about five months. Okay. And are yeah. you happy? I love it. I'm Good. so happy. Good. You recently had some bad weather, but you were okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had, <laughs> we've had multiple bad weather situations. So the day of my home inspection was the big um, ice storm that we had in October, the end of October, which was like so early in the season, like leaves were still on the trees and which was why it was so terrible. Um, so like lots of limbs down, all that kind of stuff. So we get through that. Um, I come back, we had a bunch of snow and then we had, you know, everyone kind of talked about Texas in terms of like that massive freeze and all the frigid temperatures, but like Oklahoma was going through the same thing during that same time. Um, and there just wasn't the same national coverage. Um, and so we're also not equipped in terms of, you know, building codes and things. So like, luckily I was fine. I had no pipes burst. I, you know, but I was dripping faucets for a week and, you know, shoving, um, (laughs) like towels underneath the cracks of my doors and just like trying to make sure that like everything was as sealed as possible. And, um, yeah, I got a little, got a little crazy here, but you know, I was the only one who shoveled my driveway multiple times on my street because I'm from Pittsburgh. I know how this goes. If you're going to get a foot of snow, you don't wait for the whole foot to drop (laughs) and then try to go out and break your back. Like you shuffle of times when it's like three inches, four inches. Yeah. Your parents are very proud of you. We, the whole city of (laughs) Pittsburgh is very proud of you. So like the street didn't get plowed, but my driveway was clear, fresh, clear, all of that. Um, but I think what you're referring to is last Wednesday, we had um, a massive hailstorm come through, um, which actually, I think I wasn't actually in town. I was uh, just North of Oklahoma city with a friend and, um, and I talked to my neighbor, but I think we did get a little hail, but um, my boss and some of my colleagues um had windows smashed out of their house roofs are total like they were two inch round oh uh hill stones like cars totaled like so Oklahoma's still working out for you <laughs> <laughs> you know what I I'm knocking on every single piece of wood but like I have come through all of the things 
So like my house was just, or like where I'm situated was just on the Southern edge of that. So we, I think we got a little bit of hail, but this is why I wanted a house with a garage. Yeah. So I have a garage. So my car would have been in the garage. Right. Um, and you know, I feel like you have insurance, yeah. like roofs will get replaced. Yeah. You can replace windows, like, but yeah, it's a massive undertaking. Um, so, I mean, I guess I alluded to, to answer your question, I guess, with the house thing, not being really the thing that I, they tackle, um, the most, I would, I would say that it's kind of the voter registration activities that we're doing, um, on campus is trying to kind of keep track of all of those things is the most massive thing. And I, and I think the most important thing in terms of paper trail, like all the other stuff that I do in spreadsheets is mostly just for my sanity, right. To make sure that things are in columns and I can sort them really easily and all of that. But um, with the voter registration stuff, I feel a lot of pressure to make sure that we're making that process easy for students. Um, because I know that that conversation becomes, and I'll get off my soapbox at some point, but like that conversation is always that narrative nationally is like with, you know, when the celebrities come on, they're like, register to vote. It's so easy. It takes five minutes. And as someone who does that work on the ground, it it's that narrative is super frustrating to me because I think that it really invalidates how challenging that process is to navigate for first-time voters, for historically marginalized communities. Um, and frankly, the process is challenging on purpose. And to just say that it's super easy doesn't make it super easy. And it makes people feel really inferior and feel like they're stupid and they, they can't navigate stuff. Um, and really what the conversation should be is that it's really easy to ask for help. There are people that will help you navigate all of these things. Right. Like you don't have to do this alone. Right. That's the easy part. Reach out, there are organizations, there are you know things that'll help you. The process isn't easy, but what is easy is there are people there to help you. So, you know, I just, I just feel a lot of pressure. Yeah, to... I totally, I mean, I've been in similar situations, not with voting so much, but with like college applications. And it's like, if someone says, I sent my thing in by the date and I haven't heard, I immediately panic and then go to a spreadsheet and say, well, this happened correctly and this happened correctly. And so the problem is not here with me, but I will now try to fix it for you. Yeah, I am like, that's the like, keep me up at night until I can figure out what happened. And those spreadsheets yes. become so necessary in me being able to get a good night's sleep to at least say, mm -hmm. I can tell you these six things happened the way they were supposed to. So let's now figure out what seventh thing didn't go right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just had like a, like a nightmare shiver. <laughs> All right, so then that begs the question, what are the limits of spreadsheets? What can they not tackle? I mean, I'm not an Excel expert. I'm not, I don't do coding. I don't, so like, I feel like the limit is people in some cases, like what, what knowledge like you know to input into the spreadsheet really is like what the output is gonna give you. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, like, you know, like I said, it's kind of a repository for me. Like I just haven't spent the time to like really get into like, how does Excel actually, is it supposed to function? And like all of the like 
coding and the you know the different formulas or the short formulas and like all that kind of stuff that can uh really kind of help you and all the different you know populating and you know whatever so I, I feel like the limit really is like the knowledge do you have the knowledge to really function right um we talk a lot about on the on the podcast about how people come to spreadsheets with what they need them to do and sometimes that's all you need is like i need a spreadsheet to do this and so i'm going to figure out how to do it and that's all i'm ever going to use a spreadsheet for then there are people who are like i want to know the whole universe of what a spreadsheet can do so that i can figure out if there are other ways i could be using it but one of the things that happens really frequently is People learn how to do spreadsheets and it's like this fossil in time because two versions later, there's a much easier way to do this thing. But because you learned how to do it this way, that is the way you will always do it. And so some of us have created these elaborate workarounds and someone who's just coming to the program fresh will be like, why? are you doing that? And we're like, well, because it works. And it's like, well, but you could do it this way. And you're like, I don't, I don't need to know that way because my way works. Well, right. Because you're like, I, it would have taken me more time to figure out this new way that maybe is two steps where I have 15, but like this works for me. And so like, I'm going to do it this way because like it has never failed me. Right. Like not be able to sort by color. So my spreadsheets, if I use color, they have another column that also codes that color as like A, B, C, or D. So like all my A's are yellow, all my B's are oranges, all my C's are greens. Now I don't need that other column, but I can't look at, if the spreadsheet doesn't have that column, it makes me anxious. So I just put the column in, even though I know you can now sort by color. Is it, you know how to do this and that's how you do it. And then I can tell you what year you came to Excel. <laughs> you had to come after version six, but before version nine, if that's the way you do that. <laughs> I love it. I need someone to sit me down and be like, here's how you use them. Here's how you should use them for the things that you need, you know, and just like take a little like personalized class Mm -hmm. I'm like don't tell me all the things that I don't need that I'm not going to use them for like that's like way too intricate call me anytime (laughs) you know like (laughs) give me the the rundown like sort this ways do this do that right so I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast but I had a friend call me a couple couple months into the podcast and say I have a project for you are you interested and I was like try me And she was like, I am getting older. I do not have children. I am starting to worry that I'm not going to remember what year my family took a trip to Argentina. What year we got this dog? When did the dog die? When did we get the next dog? Like, how do I make a spreadsheet that's searchable, that's sort of a calendar, but not really a calendar? And so I was like, oh, oh, I will make that for you. And so we talked through like, do you want to color code things? Do you, are you, is this for a visual representation or is this just something you want to be able to search and find what you need? And so basically looking at, it's basically creating like a personal timeline 
that's searchable and functional and is nice to look at. And, and I said, like, you know, you can have rows all the same size, or you can have rows that expand where if you want to write like a little journal entry, you can write a little journal entry and there will be room for it. So that was like, yeah, call me anytime. I'll make you a spreadsheet. Well, I'll, I'll teach you what you need to know. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about spreadsheets that have different sizes, the things. I'm one of those people, I'm like, it has to all be uniform. Mm -hmm. I don't want, mm -hmm. I don't want the, I don't want some of them to be wide. Like I'm always playing with like the, the columns yep. and the, yep. you know, rows. I'm like, if it's all the same information, it needs to all same, unless the spreadsheet is formatted to be like, this block is bigger. So like right. I'm, yep. I'm very visual with yep. it. And as am I, and sorting and filtering is really important to me. So I don't like it. So yeah, if I have one piece of data that makes a row, say three times as big as the rest of the rows, I will just make all the rest of the rows that big. So that even if they don't need that much space, there is that much space so that when it sorts, it all looks same. the same. Yeah. Yeah. But for totally. her, this was really just a searchable, almost database of her life. And she didn't, she was never going to print it out. It was never going to be paper. It was just going to be data that she could put in a dog's name and find out when and where they got the dog. And yeah. 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 But I'm, I'm so anal that like, yeah. it doesn't matter if I'm going to print it out. <laughs> it's got to look like that on the screen. Yeah. I'm with you. How my, how right. my, how's my brain work? Speaking of... What is the silliest thing you've ever used a spreadsheet for? <laughs> this may be silly. So I keep a catalog of all of the Fiesta wear that I have. So, <laughs> and what colors I have and what pieces I have. I'm laughing just in case anyone can't tell. <laughs> um, so like what, like <clears throat> that I do find that silly, but I'm sure there's a point. So <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. So this may be, okay. So I, uh, my friend got me into um, Fiesta Wear, and the factory outlet is in Newell, West Virginia, and they do uh, tent sales for their like seconds. So it's like the ones that they won't sell for full price. Now they're so they've got some defect in them. So all of my Fiesta Wear is seconds. So it's like way cheaper, but you can go and like you sort through like you know cases full of just like discarded dishes that are going to be way cheap but like you can't tell that they are defect so I get pieces here and there so like I've got like over time I was like I've got six dinner plates and like 10 lunch plates so like trying to decide and I wanted a full rainbow of all of the things and then they also have like bakeware and you know, serving dishes and platters. And so I was trying to get like a, uh, I guess, a different things in different colors. Like I didn't want all of my serving dishes to be blue. So I was, when you, when I go to like sort through the warehouse or the tent in the, you know, the crates, I want to know what I have at home without just like taking pictures. So I have a spreadsheet and then I say like, here's the things that I have. Here's the colors that I have them in mm -hmm. and they're color coded mm -hmm. as you would. 
and then I have a wish list at the bottom uh-huh. of like what I need and then what colors I have and what priority they're in in my spreadsheet. <clears throat> wow. So, so, so silly, but super useful. Yeah. Yeah. So like maybe silly to other people, like right. why are you so invested in this fiesta wear? But like it makes me happy and it's like colorful and you know, when I open my cabinets, it makes me feel great. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love so, it. Yeah. Practical, but also like yeah. could be seen as really silly. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm here for that. I think that is an excellent use. Now, when you do that, do you print it out to take with you or is it on your phone? On my phone. Okay. Okay. Or like if my friend Emily will go and she's, you know, cause now I'm not close. She's like, right. Oh, there's a 10 sale. I'm going, do you need anything? Then uh-huh. I'll just take a screenshot of my wish list uh-huh. yep. for her smart and smart. then she'll be like okay and then she'll text me as she's there and kind See? of say like no silly spreadsheets I mean <laughs> I, yeah. I mean I mean that I've asked I've asked this question many times and lots of people tell me everything I put in a spreadsheet is important and I I support that but I do this is a unique one that I have not heard before and I support yeah. it I also have another dishes spreadsheet of um, all of <laughs> I know of <laughs> my grandmother had um a bunch of um depression wear dishes mm-hmm. in the Miss America pattern and so when she passed away I cataloged all of it in a spreadsheet so like what she had she had a massive collection which um, and my I, which grandma is this my dad's mom okay okay Got and it. then my sister and I uh split it up so now I know who has what mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so she has part of it and I have part of it does she know you have it logged like oh yeah I was I we, when we split it up I had the spreadsheet on my computer and I was divvying it up Carly gets this Lauren gets this oh yeah no the spreadsheet was with me when we when, when we sorted through so I already knew what was in there because I cat- cataloged it in the spreadsheet how does Carly feel about spreadsheets Carly thinks that I'm crazy because <laughs> my brain doesn't work like hers like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think she thinks they're useful probably, but like the, the time that it takes to put all the stuff in the spreadsheet is not the way that her brain right. it's works. Useful. It's annoying to her. Correct. It's like with you and me, the putting it in the spreadsheet is actually part of the whole brain working process. Correct. It's the process and like, it's a yes. very in- integral part of my process yes. to get the outcome that I need. You were always She's my like, favorite. Don't tell Carly. Uh, Hi, Carly. If you're listening, <laughs> I like you too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's part of it. I mean, we, when in the admissions office that I was in before I took this job, we were thinking about going to online applications, which I get it. It makes sense. But for me, keying in the application information into the database actually helped me know the know the applicants I mean I met them personally I like there was it it was I was not just like looking at their data but keying it in helped me form the whole picture in my head yep this is what happens to me whenever I so I run a new a program called new leadership and it's a you know a five-day program for undergraduate women but um we select you know 35 to 40 students in a cohort to go through it every year um, and by the time they get to me, all of the stuff that we need from them is in a spreadsheet, right? So like their application comes in a spreadsheet, 
And then like, they have to give us like a bio and a photo and like all of these different things. And it's like all on a spreadsheet has like all these lines. Like that's another big project that I use my spreadsheet for. So like, have they given me all the things they need? Have they committed? Have they given me a t-shirt size? Have they, you know, whatever. Um, But by the time they get to me and they show up on the first day, like they've never met me, but like, I know them and I know exactly who they are. And I have to like, not be the creep who's like, hi, I know you. And I know all the things about you because like, they're meeting me for the first time, but like, I've been working with their information Mm -hmm. for months. Yep. So I have to really hold myself back. So I will take this moment to tell the story of how I um, stalked one of my best friends here and it's super embarrassing, but she knows about it. So we were at a barbecue, like cookout at a mutual friend's house. We had never met. And our two boys who were probably four at the time were playing with each other. And so we were just standing watching the boys. They were sort of wrestling. So her son was an only child. My son was a younger brother to a girl who didn't want to wrestle with him. And so we were just commenting on like, oh, they play so nicely together. Like, like, oh, they're wrestling. Are you okay with that? Yes, I'm okay with that. Are you okay with that? And so like, we had this really nice conversation and she told me her name, but like, we didn't exchange phone numbers. I don't know. It was like weird. Like we just sort of said like, it'd be nice to get the boys together together sometime. And then I went to work on Monday and she had written a recommendation she was a teacher. I knew she was a teacher. She had written a recommendation for a student who was applying to our school. And I was like, oh, this is weird. And then I like emailed her and I was like, hi, I'm sorry to be terribly creepy. And this is probably incredibly unprofessional, but the boys seem to get along so well this weekend. And your email was on the application I just reviewed. And she wrote back and she was like, oh, I'm so glad you got in touch. And now we're really good friends. But it was like, I remembered her name. I saw her email and I was like, I don't know how else to get in touch. So I'm just going to do it. And the rest is history. Yeah. But this is, this is why I like you because I would do something similar to that as well. Thank you. You know, thank you. I like to feel like how else would you tiny little role in raising you like this tiny little role. And so it makes me very happy to say for you to say for sure. Yeah. Anyway, we've hit our rapid fire. Uh, question. So Excel, Google Sheets, something else, sub question, Mac, PC, tablet, phone. Like, how do you like to interact with spreadsheets? Okay. I know this is rapid fire, but this first one, I'm like, uh, it depends. Right. <laughs> um, so I feel a little bit more comfortable in Excel in terms of sorting stuff and like really functioning it but I really like google sheets for things that I need to collaborate with other people on I know like but hands down but it's so annoying because the it doesn't function yeah it's really they gotta get on this because especially during the pandemic people's answers to this have really changed because even I who like I am an excel purist and google sheets pretty much drives me crazy but because I'm working from home and the office and I'm going back and forth between the two, I have to have things that I can access from anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really, I don't, I don't like the Google Sheets, but I'm reliant on the Google Sheets. It's a problem. Yeah, I only, I really like the Google Sheets specifically for collaboration. Yeah, yeah. That's otherwise, otherwise Excel, yeah. better functionality wise. So the sub question, um, 
I'm a Mac. I'm all Apple, everything. So at work, personal, have been since college. So I'm a PC at work and a Mac at home, which is another reason why I sort of have to rely on Google Sheets for things I'm doing at home for work. But ugh, yes. And it's weird, the functionality between Excel on a Mac and Excel. Like sometimes I'm in the before times when I mostly worked on Excel, even at work, and I would be doing something all day on Excel on my PC. And then I would come home at night and try to do something personally on the Mac. And I'd be like, oh, what just happened? And yeah. So it's, uh, it's not ideal. Uh, favorite command or function? Honestly, just being able to sort, <laughs> sort tabs. Mm -hmm. um, and I also really like freeze, freezing columns mm -hmm. and uh, rows. Mm -hmm. Now, do I you filter? That. Are you a filter person? Filter, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and filter multiple at the same, yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, how do you feel about color coding cells or typeface? She's I like nodding. She's code. nodding her head. <laughs> <laughs> I love color. I mean, I just talked about Fiesta wear. me? Like, I love color. Mm -hmm. I want all the colors. Mm -hmm. And do yes. you sort by color? Are you that generation? So I didn't know that it could do that yet. So I just yeah. learned something. Yeah. So I'm so excited. So I because I was the person who was like, I need a column. Yeah. I'll highlight like in red, like mm -hmm. if they, they're not coming or like right. whatever for something. Right. And then I would have to have that little column that like has yep. a little X so that I could sort. Yeah. So I think so I will tell you mind. it's um it's I really think it's still helpful to do that because of the sort of the sorting filtering, like the multiple things. Um, but in a pinch you can sort by color, but I think, or let's say I have yet to sort by multiple colors. So it's sort of like, it's one of those sort of um, blunt tools as opposed yeah. to like, like I have a sheet for all of my freelance writing projects. The, the status column is like published, accepted, submitted, pitched, thinking about pitching, but they're actually labeled A, pubbed, B submitted, C so that I can sort alphabetically on that column. And then I get into things like, I really want to get this piece in one of these three journals. So it's like A1, A2, A3, so that like they are like, I don't want to pitch USA Today before I pitch CNN. So CNN would be yeah. like to pitch D1 to pitch USA Today and the, yeah so the whole alpha thing gets screwy so yeah um but you can sort by color it's just not it's a pretty blunt tool so yeah no I'm I'm gonna look into this yeah because I do color code <laughs> what is one thing about spreadsheets that you think other people might not know I feel like most people know probably more about spreadsheets than I do I bet they Honestly. don't know how to make a fiesta wear spreadsheet I mean <laughs> I mean, no, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like in general, if I'm like talking to like a whole big group of people, I'm like, oh, imposter syndrome. Like, <laughs> oh no, way more than I do. Like, but you use them to the best of your ability and they get things done. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I feel like most of the times that it's with students, like they don't, they, I have to teach them how to or like how, what my system is, like when right. they get into a spreadsheet with me or mine, I'm like, 
well, you know, you could just do this. And like, why didn't you do that? Or like, I'm, why does that formatting look all funny? Yeah. Um, so mostly I'm just like, Hey, don't, don't do it like that. Or like, did you know that you can do this? And they're yeah. like, Oh, okay. Yeah. But I, no, I have I a boss know. who has to view my spreadsheets, but he's not allowed to write in my spreadsheets. And this is why I use the Google sheets for the students. Mm -hmm. And then I will export, export them into Excel. And then when they don't touch them, that's my area. Right. But if they have to use them, then we're doing those things in Google. Yeah. Yep. For sure. You know, they don't touch my good ones. Um, and what about pivot tables? So I know what they are, but I don't. So I recommend going back to the first episode of there's a column for that and listening to my spreadsheet guru talk about pivot tables. I bet you would find them useful. Okay. And in the intervening years since she taught them to me, Excel has made them much more user-friendly. So, yes. I've heard that they used to be a nightmare. Yes. Because you so were essentially hand coding away. them. Yeah, you were essentially hand coding them. And now it's like a drag and drop function. So if you want to know like how many people came to this event and registered to vote out of state, it does it for you. Yeah, I think it's mostly because my mom was like, you know, using Excel back in the, the dark ages of Excel and was like, pivot tables are terrible. And like, what yeah. the what the heck yeah. is this? And so like, it's just a carryover of like, feeling about pivot tables I was like I'm gonna stay away from that so when I met your mom the office did not have computers they had the IBM Selectric your mom took shorthand dictation she probably still knows how I do not she had one of those um I mean obviously there was whiteout but she also had, it looked like a little piece of almost saran wrap that you would put in between the strike key and the paper to lift the ink off. It was like a different kind, it was a different kind of corrector tape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. I think I remember also her talking about whenever she got like a digital typewriter where she could type on the screen before it typed on the page. And so she was that like, was game a brother. changer. Yeah, that is that the first of those, which I had in high school was a brother word processor. You got about four lines of type, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was like, yes, this is yeah. amazing. Yeah. My mom has seen it all. She, she really like, <laughs> she was, um, she was a wonder to me. She still is. I feel, I was just thinking about this the other day. I feel really bad for your mom. So she had the big office in the building and my dad had his own office down the hall. And then one day he just decided to move in with he her. He moved in. And never left. He sat at a folding table next to her all day. But didn't they get like that bookshelf divider thing? At Not when I was around. I mean, when I was around- I'm so the, the office was an L shape. There were couches and the Xerox machine right. and cabinets. And then you were looking at your mom. Right. And then to her left was my father's table. And then right. the TV where they watched The Young and the Restless every day <laughs> at lunch. Yeah. And then all of the, you know, soccer players and baseball players would like hang out on the couches. And that's where my mom had her spider plant in the window. Yes, and the, the spider. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
All right. But we digress. We digress. Okay. And your what you're working on, your causes, anywhere people can donate any, I mean, I know you are passionate about voter registration. I know May primaries are coming up for, I don't know if that's nationwide. I know we have May primaries coming up. Uh, anything you want to shout out that people should be doing, supporting? Are you a nonpartisan office? Yes. Yeah, so all of the work that we do is nonpartisan. I think, and honestly, like I'm really glad of that space um, and to be doing that work, especially in a really deeply red state. I think it's so important. Um, but, you know, I think in terms of like the work that I do, it's, it's a lot of like student spaces. Um, and so the student organization that I work with is called Oklahoma Votes. Um, and so our Twitter handle and Instagram handle, they're all different because if you send them to me, we'll put them in the challenging. Um, (laughs) And then uh, they're just doing good work. And I think just if you're in Oklahoma um, specifically, but um, I'm really excited about the work that the students do and to kind of support what they they do. But um, and then just the women's leadership programming that I do, um, I think is really important and it encourages and kind of trains women to to want to run for office and then more broadly just to have um to think about leadership positions across the board so in nonprofit in business in government in you know any area um that they are so um you know we're i have to fundraise for those programs and we were really um intentional about um trying to offer those well we definitely offer the program for undergraduates for free um, so that there's no um, financial burden for anybody who would otherwise not be able to pay. Great. Um, we'll put any links you want to give me in the show notes. So yeah, mostly just like stay engaged. I know that it's really hard, um, but find a small place that you can, I guess, activate yourself or engage in um, and whatever issue that is um, and be active there. If it's in your local community, if it's in your school board, if it's, um, you know, in a local nonprofit, if it's at a food bank, like all of that is civic engagement. It doesn't just mean, you know, you've got to go down to city hall and be super loud or that you've got to march in a rally or whatever. Like there are so many small ways to be um, involved. And if the first step is just registering to vote, like that's a massive step. Um, this is our last question and it's time for you to ask me anything you want spreadsheet related or not. You know, you asked me about like, what am I doing? Like, what am I passionate about? I kind of know some of the things that you are, but like what's media that you are interested in? Cause I know you're constantly consuming. So what should I, what should I check out since I had like nothing to say for that one? Give me some ideas. It it depends on how you feel about true crime, Lauren. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So West Cork, I highly recommend. It is a podcast um, now available everywhere. It started out as an Audible original. So people with Audible like listened to it three years ago and it just became available to lots of people. So it is about a murder that takes place in West Cork, Ireland. There's only ever been one suspect and yet they've never prosecuted the case. Uh, but there are lots of cool accents. So that's fun. <laughs> I love an Irish accent. Yes. So that is tons of, I mean, not fun because obviously someone's dead and it's horrible, but it is fascinating. 
Um, <clears throat> I always listen to my favorite murder and they give me lots of suggestions of other things to listen to. So um, that is a, a special, you know, you, it's a special blend of comedy and murder, which I think upsets a lot of people. But I, I sort of go into it with the idea of like, really horrible things happen in life. And if we can't laugh, some of us use humor to mitigate those horrible things. So um, those are my two, my go-to podcasts at the moment. And then, I mean, you can, Lauren can see that I'm surrounded by books. Um, yes. I have read a couple really interesting true crime narratives recently. Um, one is called The Fact of a Body. One is called Third Rainbow Girl. And then um, the most recent memoir that I consumed and loved is called Negative Space, which is actually the story of, it's a memoir written by a woman who's trained as a journalist whose father died when she was very young. So she uses her journalistic skills and his art, because he was an artist, to piece together the parts of his life that she never had access to. So that's wow. Negative Space by Lily Danziger. I am obsessed with it. She's an amazing writer and an amazing teacher. I've, I've taken classes with her and um, the book just really blew my mind. And since I am working on a memoir about my complicated dead father, um, <laughs> she is someone whose text I will be reading over and over again. Amazing. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing these days. Um, but this was lovely. Thank you for taking time during a very busy end of the semester um, to chat with me about spreadsheets because what could be more fun? I do wanna share one more thing before we hop off the recording. Um, I, I may have mentioned to you this, I may mention this to you in the past several years. Do you know that I, when I was babysitting you once, I, I had you call one of my friends and say the human head weighs eight pounds? No. <laughs> so my friend and I had just seen Jerry Maguire and I don't know if you remember that movie at all but there's a little boy with glasses who says very funny things I do. and one of the things he says is the human head weighs eight pounds and for some reason my friend and I thought that was the funniest thing ever and then like the next night I was babysitting you and I was like, I called him, I got him on the phone and I was like, and I handed the phone to you and you were like, the human head weighs eight pounds. Um, and yeah, we, he and I still laugh about that. So yeah, the human head, wait, can you just say it once for me? <laughs> sure, the human head weighs eight pounds. Thank you, Lauren, this was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening today. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review everywhere you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter at column underscore pod. Special thanks to Nora Grace and Josiah for our theme song, Sam Schindler for editing and production, Nick Peterson for additional music, and you for listening. Have a great day.